You're listening to The New Leaf Project, sharing stories from instigators, innovators, planters and starters from across Canada. Hello, my name is Jared. My name is Elle. And you're listening to The New Leaf Project. Now, Elle, you're pretty excited about today's interview, so let's get right down to it. I am. It was a great interview with a pastor in Sudbury named Jason Tripp. Uh, he's a free Methodist pastor up there in the greater Sudbury, which I learned that it is called greater. Uh, and you know what? I think it's a really interesting story of, of the work that he's doing there. Uh, the church is called Valley View Community Church, and it's an established church, and they're doing some really innovative things in that church. And I know we talk a lot about starters and planters, but part of the goal or at least my my goal is to is to really encourage people. Even you don't have to just be planting to be innovative. Um, you can be innovative and trying new things and starting new things within an established church. And that's exactly what's happening at at Valley View Community Church. They uh, purchased a school building probably about eight or eight or nine years ago, and they're really an ordinary congregation doing really extraordinary things. And so I'm really excited to share this because my my hope is always that it will encourage. Uh, and inspire somebody somewhere across Canada hearing these stories of fellow Canadians that they would go and try some new and innovative things as well. You've you've known Jason for much longer than I than I have, so tell us a little bit about him. Well, um, I think I think the in, the interview does a really good job of introducing Jason. But yeah, Jason and I have been connected for a long time. Uh, I was up at that um, up in Sudbury when they were talking about purchasing the school. Um, I had met the, the the pastor up there who was before Jason. His name was Gary Landers. And he was actually the guy that had the vision for this school. But Jason is the guy that that really brought the vision into reality. It's it's a it's an exciting story. And why I love about it is like exactly what you said. It's it's the ordinary people just doing extraordinary things. And I, I think it's really cool. So I'm excited about this one. So let's give it a listen. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the New Leaf Project. Here with me today is Jason Tripp. He's the lead pastor of Valley View Community Church. Hi, Jason. Hi, Elle. Great to have you with me today. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. So we are looking forward to connecting and hearing a little bit about what is going on in the great town of Sudbury. Well, it's called Greater Sudbury, actually, and there's Ooh. some great things happening here. Greater um, Sudbury. That's quite thats quite the name. Yeah, the area is actually bigger than the GTA, believe it or not. So not quite the population, but this is my hometown. I grew up here and I grew up, couldn't wait to leave and kind of got drawn back. And I've been uh, pastoring here now for about eight years. That's and, awesome. Uh, that's yeah, great. lots of good things going on. Um, these days, we're we're dreaming some new dreams, and we're uh, I feel like a sort of a mad scientist in my lab with my leaders. We're experimenting and tinkering with things, and, and just trying to find creative ways to think outside the box and connect with our neighborhoods. That is really inspiring and encouraging. You know, uh, we love connecting with people that are up to something and doing things, and. Um, my heart definitely is to connect with people thinking outside the box. So um, I've heard some whisperings about this third space idea that you guys are exploring. Can you tell me a little bit about how that conversation started or what kind of um, what got it going? 
yeah, it, well, it's really an ongoing conversation, and, and some of it's been formal and some of it's just been informal, but maybe I should just let everybody know what a third space or third place is. Maybe we'll just back up and start there. As we, as we define the spaces in which we live and engage people, there's traditionally there's first place, which is our home. There's a second place, which is our, our home away from home, our workplace, where we spend most of our waking hours. But there's also what we call third places or third spaces, those places in the community where people will naturally go and they'll, they'll mix and mingle with their friends, with their peers, with their neighbors. And th- this phrase was uh, was coined uh, by a sociologist by the name of Ray Oldenburg in his book in 1989. The name of the book is called The Great Good Place. And it's got uh, a bit of a mouth. The Great Good Place, Ray That's Oldenburg. Awesome. And the, uh, the subtitle is a bit of a mouthful, but it really helps define third place. So the subtitle is cafes, coffee shops, community centers, beauty parlors, general stores, bars, hangouts, and how they get you through the day. And so basically the subtitle just defines what a third place is. It's any of the above and then some where people just naturally congregate, where they gather. He identifies eight characteristics that third places share. I think this is critical to understand these characteristics. First, neutral ground. People are free to come and go as they please in Mm -hmm. third places. There are no time requirements or invitations needed. Much of our lives in first places and second places are structured, but not so in these third places. Second, they act as a leveler. People from all walks of life gather in third places. There are no social or economic status barriers in third places. Hmm. Third, conversation is the main activity in these third places. So the talk is lively, it's stimulating, it's colorful, and it's engaging. Fourth, it's accessible and accommodating. They tend to be conveniently located, often within walking distance from one's home. Think of your local coffee shop, your Tim Hortons, your Starbucks, etc. They're very accessible. Fifth, there are regulars there. You know, it's easy to recognize that many patrons are regulars at the establishment, but unlike other places, newcomers are also welcomed into this group. Um, six, it's low profile. As a physical structure, they're typically plain and unimpressive in appearance sometimes. Hmm. And the mood is playful. With food, drink, games, and conversation present, the mood is light and playful. The mood encourages people to stay longer and to come back repeatedly. And finally, it's a home away from home for people. At their core, they are places where people feel at home. They feel like they belong there and typically have a sense of ownership. And so when you think of those eight characteristics, wonderful opportunities just to go and to dwell among people where there's no barriers, there's no boundaries. People of all walks of life are welcome to come and go. And that's sort of the environment we're trying to cultivate within our facility. And we're trying to engage those places out in the wider community. And so we've been dreaming and thinking about how we can engage our neighborhood in some of those third places in our neighborhood, but also um, we've been blessed with a facility that is a multi-purpose facility. We bought a a school about eight years ago on seven acres of land, and we've just been actually turning our facility into a hub, into a third place as the neighborhood's been growing around us with some new subdivisions, et cetera. And so we've been dreaming uh, two two tier dreams, how to engage outside of our facility in our neighborhood, but also how to transform our gathering place into a place where people will naturally come and have some third place experiences. Wow, that sounds really exciting. So you bought a school. Yeah, so we bought we bought this school. Awesome. We bought a school, which... Uh, which was both a blessing and a burden because old schools need a lot of work, a lot of upkeep, but a lot of potential for usage. And so one thing we've been doing is we, uh, 
we did a we did something uh, part of our denomination called Life Plan, and we did a dream session together where we just came together and we dreamed dreams. And one thing that bubbled up was actually launching a drive-in movie theater for our community. Because that's one thing that we didn't have in our neighborhood, and we've got the space for it. So for the last five years, we run uh, summer drive-in movie nights, and we get you know hundreds of people, grandparents, parents, and kids. And it's great to see parents come because they're like, oh, when I was a kid, I got to do this. And then you see some smiling, laughing children, and you show some family-friendly movies, and relationships are being built, and it's non-threatening, it's safe, it's fun, and it's just a natural way for us to create a hub of activity for our neighborhood. So that's that's one of many things we've been doing here. That's sort of uh, with that third place in mind a drive-in theater i like it that's funny yeah. you guys didn't you didn't have one around you we didn't no i grew up as a little guy having one and, and i moved to the neighborhood by our church and i moved and i realized okay what what doesn't this have in this neighborhood and and i'm a movie buff but this wasn't my pet idea this was like after time of prayer and fasting as a faith community, this just seemed like a good way to, to engage our neighborhood and, and just invite them into something that was fun. And so it's, it's worked. So that's just one of, of many examples of, of sort of a third place gathering. That is aw- Wow, that's awesome. Really, really inspiring. Not, I mean, I do love a good drive-in theater, but I just love that idea that it's engaging and it's, uh, yeah, non-threatening, like you said. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So like, like one of the major questions we, we always ask, it's one of those questions that drives what we do is the, the question, if we were to close up shop and move out of the neighborhood, how many people would even know that we're not there anymore and how many people would care? And so that's something we, we continually circle back to. And that reminds us that the church doesn't exist to serve ourselves, although we care for one another, but we exist for the sake of the wider community. And are we adding value uh, to, the, to the wider community? And so these are some of the deep questions that drive everything we do. Wow, that's awesome. That's a great question to be asking. Do you, do you think a lot of churches are asking that question these days? I would hope so. Um, I see signs that more and more are. And I see signs that more and more churches, it seems to be this sort of uprising of, of uh, diverse models of churches where people are okay to think outside the box. And they're really realizing that, you know, every Christ follower needs to live as a missionary in their own neighborhood, which means that we need to have the posture of going out, of being sent. You know, I think of the classic uh, example in Scripture in, in Luke chapter 10 when Jesus sends out the 72, and he says, he says, go, go out, and then he says, when you meet someone who's a, who, who gives you peace, then stick around, hang out with them. He didn't say go and uh, knock on their door, drop off uh, an evangelical tract that teaches the four spiritual laws, get them to say this magic prayer so they'll go to heaven when they die. He and he said, go, listen to their stories, hang out with them, dwell among them in the places and the spaces where they're already dwelling. So, so Jesus already had this, this model of this third place engagement. He models it to us. Um, you know, 2,000 years later, here we are, maybe finally getting it. Um, and, and, you know, as, as Christ followers, we not only need to exegete and interpret scripture, but we need to exegete our culture. We need to exegete our neighborhoods. We need to know the makeup of our neighborhoods. We need to observe. We need to listen. And we need to go dwell among the people. We can't expect people to come and be a part of who we are. That's very foreign to them. We need to go and listen to their stories and be shaped by that. So. That's awesome. Why do you think third space ministry then is important in the culture that we live in? I mean, Canada's pretty uh, unique in some ways. So why do you think that's important? Well, if you look at the you know the religious and the cultural landscape, and you know you've had some of these conversations already on New Leaf, but. Um, 
the greatest religious affiliation now in Canada is those that are either done with a religion or they have no religious affiliation. And so, you know, we can feel threatened by that, but I see that as a wonderful opportunity just to engage someone who maybe hasn't had yet had a toxic experience of church or Christianity right. that you can just go. There's a right. clean they slate. They might exist can, somewhere. <laughs> they might. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just one quick story about this. A colleague of mine was shopping at a jewelry store for his wife and he wanted to buy her a nice gold uh, cross and he was shopping and there was this 20 year old young girl working in the store and, and she was showing him, here's a gold one. Here's a silver one. Here's a wooden one. And she said, Oh, and this one has a little man on the cross. She had no idea wow. who the man on the cross was. And, and I was taken aback by that, but that is not an uncommon story now. Right. As we get into the, the 20s and 30s in this generation, they have no Christian experience and no Christian memory. So what a wonderful privilege and opportunity we have to carry the good news of the grace of Jesus out and to engage people in, and meet them on their terms, on their turf, in the spaces they're already going to. And so they feel less threatened. Uh, we're not inviting them to something that is foreign to them. We're going and, and listening and learning about who they are and their stories and how they've been formed. Right, which is, which is incredibly different, I think, than the way we've typically done uh, ministry in the past, at least. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't involve adding more to our schedules. Like, I take my kids to the swimming pool every week. And so that's a place where people are already congregating. So when I take my kids to swimming lessons, here I, I'm engaging, I'm meeting people. I'm not going with any specific spiritual or religious agenda. I'm just going to hang out with them. That's a part of my weekly rhythm and routine already. So I'm just being intentional about listening and hearing their stories and who they are. And, and sometimes that re leads to deeper relationships where then I, I can open up my home, the, that first place, and invite them over for a meal and, and just trust that the Spirit is working in those conversations and in those relationships. And there's no agenda. There's no timeline. We don't see people as projects, but right. we just go and dwell among them. What are some of the other ways that uh, you are engaging in this third space idea in your community? Like, what are some of the other creative ideas that your community has come up with? Well, my and this is this is not just our faith community conversation, but you know, I often talk about kingdom of God versus our our tribe or our church. And so, one thing that myself and some others birthed a few years ago in Sudbury was something we call Elevate. And what it was is basically getting churches to actually work in cooperation with one another. What a concept, churches working together. And so in various neighborhoods throughout Greater Sudbury, encouraging churches to dream dreams together to identify a distinct and tangible place or need in their community. And then one weekend a year, we pool our, our financial and our human resources and we go and we just spend a day serving and... and, and and it's been wonderful to see uh, as that's evolved in the last three years that it hasn't just been a get in, get out weekend project, but there's actually been some of this third place sort of what I call missional incarnational dwelling among the people going on in low income housing developments, community gardens, startups, to see the synergy amongst churches and to see the church and the community working cooperatively to, to just you know, show God's presence in the neighborhood in tangible ways. It's been neat to see. So it's, it's really become a city conversation. And I feel our faith community is, is, is privileged to be a part of that uh, along with others in our community. That's awesome. How did those conversations first start when you guys were kind of coming up with this idea? Um, well, it really started for us when we, when we took ownership of this facility. We learned pretty quickly that, A, for a, a, a modest-sized congregation, I said, okay, we've got 
30,000 square feet facility. Right. And we're not going to use it all. And so we said, okay, what are some of the, and it just it started with just praying and observing, walking around the neighborhood, getting to know the demographics of the community. As churches, we shouldn't assume to know the needs of the community. So it was building relationships with our, our counselors, the police department, the mayor, um, just talking to some of those community leaders, and then just walking around neighborhoods and observing who lives in my neighborhood, what are some of the needs. So when, when we saw tons of young families moving around us and this drive-in right. movie theater idea bubbled up, it just seemed like a good fit because that's something that families can do together. And so it's, it's it, yeah, it's just listening and observing. We do a lot of prayer walks too, just walking neighborhoods and praying together. Um, that's right. been something that's been really positive too, so... Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Did you did you sense a receptiveness with like city officials and things like that when you first started connecting and asking questions? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I would encourage anyone listening, get to know your community leaders. I mean, we need to be working together, especially in this day and age. We need to pool our resources together. Um, so, yeah, the mayor has been out here on site and they've seen what we're doing. Uh, some of the community leaders are very supportive of what we're doing because we believe we're making not only a spiritual difference in people's lives, but some, meeting some of the tangible needs in the community. It's really become a hub of activity here uh, for all ages. So on any given day, you've got you know, 100 people flowing through the building for some for some purpose, whether it's a gymnastics, we got awesome. a gymnastics club yep. here, martial arts studio, photography studio, fitness studio. So it really has become sort of like this community hub, this community center feel. And for people to see the church saying, wow, this is a church that maybe actually does care for us because they're not simply uh, trying to get our butts in a seat on Sunday morning, but they're actually providing things that are of value to our family here through the partnerships that we've built with other organizations in the facility. So, and you know, we don't always get it right, obviously, but we're, we're okay to experiment. We give ourselves permission to fail too. I think that's important. Give yourself permission to fail, but sort of fall forward together. Wow. Um, so what are some of the programs that you're running then that you've seen the most receptiveness to in the community? Other than of course, the amazing drive. Yeah, that's been one of the big ones. Um, we've got a sort of a cafe type room that we're really uh, underutilizing, and that's that's the conversation right now is turning that into some sort of a, either a board game cafe or some sort of just uh, servery area, both for the church community and the wider community, where we can run some like open mic nights or board game cafe nights or something for families to come. So, because um, we're we're seeing people that are using the the facility for other purposes, they'll just come and lounge and hang out in that space. So it's right. great to see. It's a warm, inviting space. Um, and so we've, we've seen success with that. Um, something else I'm a part of in our community is we have something called Jesus on Tap once a month. Where we'll just go to a local pub, and that's a that's an open conversation. We just talk about Jesus. We have Jesus-centered conversations, and that's open to believers, explorers, and skeptics. And we have all three of those groups around a shared table, um, drinking, eating, and talking about about Jesus together, which is cool. Uh, it's neat to see because it's not it, it's people from a variety of backgrounds, a variety of worldviews all having Jesus-centered conversations. So that's been uh, a neat, neat to be a part of. That's something outside of our facility, but in a third place where people are already going and hanging out. There's no shortage of ideas. It's just, you know, observing, listening, praying, getting to know where people are already congregating, and uh, just spending the time that you're spending in those places already, but doing it intentionally. Hmm. Fascinating. I'm Im imagining <clears throat> people who are listening that want to get to the place that you're at what with your community wanting to have those things how did you know how do they take the first step like how did you guys really take that first 
step to get all of this stuff going? Because it sounds like you've created some great programs, you have some great momentum, but um, how did you kind of take that first step? I, you know, I want to be careful not to say there's one sort of magic step or one sort of magic bullet. It really is slow and steady. Um, and I, I would just say it starts with um, just having an, an honest conversation together as a community. And for us, it was giving everybody a voice. Hmm. Like this, these ideas weren't my pet ideas. It wasn't driven by one person or one small group, but it was the entire faith community and even others in the water community having a shared conversation together. And so, you know, I, I, w- I would say to people, um, don't look for one magic bullet. Don't think this is going to happen overnight. Um, I mean, Jesus poured into 12 people over three years and it was messy and it, it took time. And so I, and we're certainly not doing everything right. We're, we're sort of learning on the feet, on our feet as we go here. Um, but you know, every neighborhood has those sort of neutral ground environments and where, where people are already meeting. So I would just say, you know, get out and, and, and engage those places and, and don't go with any agendas. Just go and sit and listen for a while. Don't, don't even try and start anything until you listen and you talk to uh, sort of what I call the people of peace in the neighborhood, sort of those gatekeepers to social networks, the people that are always mm. there. Like the classic example on TV shows is the, uh, the TV show Cheers, right? The place <laughs> right. where everybody knows your name, right? Norm <laughs> comes in, Norm! So right. everybody has those places and maybe you need to get to know those norms, the people who know other people in that network and you can just befriend them and then, then you just get to be invited in. You get to be invited into that network, into that third place, rather than trying to attract and invite people into what we're doing. Right. And uh, yeah. What are some of the um, the epic fails that you've had as you've gone? Because I, I love that you're talking about fostering this sense of risk, um, you know, and not being afraid to fail. So uh, I love thinking about, okay, what's like the worst thing that could happen and trying to dispel that fear. Oh, so man. like, what's the How worst thing? How much time thing? do we have? <laughs> <laughs> what's the worst thing that's happened so far as you guys have gone down this road without, you know, betraying any confidences or throwing sure, anyone under the sure. bus? Uh, man, there's so many to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> For every success story, there's two or three failures. <laughs> right. but, um, okay, here's one. So we, something else we've done is because we have this, this nice property, actually this is a case where a community uh, leader, person in the community has come and wanted to do a summer sort of family fun day on our property. So they set up bouncy castles, face painting the works. And so that got launched last year and we're like, great, you want to do this? You want to pay for it all and just want to use our space and you want to give us a profit? So this is an example of someone in the community saying they want to bless us. And we're like, okay, That's great. a great deal. <laughs> and they wanted to do, uh, at the, in the evening, they wanted to do a comedy show. And I was a little, my, my you know, antenna went up because, you know, you had a you had a comedian on here not too long ago with Zach McDonald and, and yep. he's a great guy. But you know, not all comedians have a Christian worldview. So I was like, okay, here's the parameters. We'll do this in our cafe, but you know, we are a church and <laughs> you know, I gave him the whole ten points. Like I'm you know, I'm okay walking in the gray area a little bit. So three comedians come, two local yuck yuck guys, one guy from Toronto. <laughs> And by the end of the night, I didn't think I would have a job the next week. <laughs> Thankfully, there were very few people that showed up. <laughs> very few. But I remember two elderly parishioners that showed up, and I'm just like, and they, they walked out halfway through because they were offended. It was, it was brutal. I was like, oh, it was one of those moments I wish I could rewind and delete from my memory banks. But <laughs> it gets messy, and sometimes things like that will happen, but... Just, you know, the importance of showing grace to one another. When people know in your faith community, when each other know what your hearts are, your hearts 
aren't, are not to have these <laughs> epic fails, but your hearts are just to go and to listen and love people with no strings attached. I mean, grace will be shown and received. So thankfully, uh, when we do have those epic fails, uh, we just fall upon God's grace and the grace of one another. <laughs> but yeah, that's one of many. Yeah. So no more, no more comedy shows in the facility. <laughs> Oh, that's super funny. I that's... won't go into the gory details, but yeah. It was tough. Basically, well, I... one of them said, on the, the, it was a Saturday night, they said, I can know what your Sunday sermon's going to be tomorrow. It's going to be you talking about those three demons you had in your church last night. Like, oh, oh, my. No. <laughs> I love that you're saying, though, but that it's messy, right? Like when you step out into the community and you're connecting and you're wanting to make a difference, like these people don't, they're not us, right? Like they don't think and feel like us. They might not have the same worldviews and you know what, that's okay. Um, and I, I just think it's great that you're connecting and trying. I think that's that's one of uh, the things that has been the most encouraging to me is seeing people just trying, making an attempt because you never know what what's going to happen if, if you don't step out. And so I think it's great that you guys are doing things like that, even if you're uh, offending, unintentionally offending some elderly parishioners. It yeah. was not the goal. Mm-hmm. And, and you said the word us. And really, like, when we go to these third places, we're trying to break down this us versus right. them mentality. Because at the end yep. of the day, there's only us. I mean, there's one humanity. We share this pale blue dot we call planet Earth. We share this community, the communities and the spaces we live in. And so we just need to break down these walls, this us or them mentality, this sacred and secular mentality. I mean, those third places are just as sacred as our first and second places. And and the places we generally call sacred spaces where we gather for worship events, et cetera. Um, I've had very sacred experiences in coffee shops and pubs, watching drive-in movies. I mean, God dwells everywhere. And we just sort of have to have to have a theological shift as well about the spaces that God dwells because the psalmist says the earth is the Lord and everything in it so he encompasses it all. I receive that word Pastor Jason. I receive that. (laughs) Receive Um, it. Take it with you. (laughs) Take it with me. So I wanted to know like what are some of the things you guys are planning planning for the future? Um, Do you have some some dreams or some goals or some things that you guys are, are, are planning towards? Yeah, we just uh, we just went through one of those dream sessions I mentioned earlier uh, again recently, and uh, actually just recently had a conversation with with my leaders and and some of the wider people in in the community, again about this this cafe. Like we've got this cafe idea, but we're underutilizing the space, and it's the most warm, inviting space in the facility. And it's it's not all about getting people in the facility, but it just seems like hundreds of people are already using the facility. It's become a third place, and so right. how do we offer something? Uh, a need so like I'm a big board game connoisseur I love playing right. board games and it just seems like again with the demographics around us we're pressing into what would it look like to have a weekly or a monthly gathering where we can just you know serve coffee and snacks to folks and just again like I think everything good in the kingdom happens around tables um, whether it's uh, you know tables in coffee shops or in pubs board game tables and ultimately you know the table of the lord so um, we're just talking about how we can just have sort of this open table space in this cafe where people can come and be served and can connect all ages and and again there's no no agendas per se there it's just trusting that as we listen and as we engage folks my experience has been that people see the love that you show to them and they right. inquire they actually press into that and why are you offering this to us and then there's opportunities because at the end of the day we want to share the good news of Jesus Christ um, but right. sometimes it just takes, in this culture, it takes a lot of listening and, and not pushing, uh, pushing the pedal to the metal in that conversation. 
as we've been building this sort of hobbyist community center here, um, I'll just share one story. We have a, a photography studio in our facility, and that actually came about when one of our neighbors actually approached me in our facility and said, hey, we've got a basement photography studio that we really like to get out of our home. We see the type of environment you're cultivating here, right in our neighborhood. We'd like to be a part of what you're building. This is someone from outside, outside our faith community in the wow. neighborhood who's observed already what we've been doing. And this was years ago. And since then, we've become good friends. Um, you know, they come hang out with our faith community occasionally. We've had them over for dinner. And this is just one of many families that took notes, saw what we were trying to cultivate, um, were stirred to want to be a part of that. And now they're a part of what we're doing in the facility and offering to the community. And we've cultivated a wonderful friendship with them. And that's the most important part. And so that's just one of many stories where we've been able to not simply uh, rub shoulders with people, but actually build deep, authentic relationships. And so I've had a chance to, you know, to pray with folks like that, to hear their stories, to share meals together. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day. It's just uh, sharing the love of Christ and taunt tangible ways and, and pointing them. Really, we're all trying to be, the church is not to be a solution to everything. We're to be a sign. We're to be a signpost pointing people um, to the God who loves us and has revealed himself as he's come and dwelled among us in our third places. And that's what Jesus has done. And so I'm excited. I'm excited about some things that are happening here. And I'm excited about the stories I'm hearing all across Canada about uh, what God is doing in and through these starters and planters and even traditional churches like us that are trying to think outside the box. That's great. Jason, thank you for sharing your stories and your time with us today. I hope everyone's as encouraged and excited as, as I am and as you are. It sounds like you guys are doing great work. And so uh, I, hope, I hope to hear more stories and maybe a few epic fails, but uh, some great stories of transformation as you guys engage and, and share the love of Christ in a really creative way. All the best in Greater Sudbury to you. All right. Thanks, Al. Appreciate you having me on today. S- stay warm, my friend. We will. (laughs) All right, that was great, Al. I loved hearing that story. Thanks. It was great to hear it. It was great to interview Jason. Uh, Love what they're doing, love what they're up to, and hopefully people are encouraged and inspired. Um, you got an event coming up up there as well that you're doing with Jason. You want to tell people about that? Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, On October the 1st, uh, I'm going to be up in Sudbury, and they've invited me to do a workshop on uh, church planting in the post-Christendom context. So I'm really excited about that. Um, We're going to be recording some of the keynote addresses from that, and so we'll probably have that on the podcast here for you to listen to. Um, Also, Lee Beach, uh, Professor Lee Beach from McMaster University, who's just written a great book on the exile, is going to be up there. He's the keynote and uh, really looking forward to to being with him. We're going to get him on some future podcasts as well. And also, oddly enough, um, Jason and his buddy Spencer Borsma, who's part of the CBOQ up in Sudbury, they're going to be contributing to the New Leaf Project going forward. And we are excited. And I'm sure that you are as well. As much as you love listening to Jared and I all the time, might be nice to hear some new and interesting voices. Yeah. I don't know that we've talked about this before, but this is kind of our vision for this podcast is not just the two of us 
uh, doing the stories. But we're actively looking for collaborators, and Jason and Spencer are among the first who are going to uh, uh, collaborate with us and bring new episodes. So what's kind of cool about this is you got to hear Jason's voice, you got to hear a bit of his story and his context, but you're going to be hearing uh, from his perspective going forward and Spencer. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. Uh, Well, we're excited about a lot of things, but we really are excited uh, about all the great stuff that's happening with New Leaf and on the New Leaf Project. If you are looking uh, to get a hold of Jason, I know he'd love to connect with you. The name of his church, valleyviewcommunitychurch.ca. You can find that on the World Wide Web if you'd love to connect with him. Ask him a little bit about how they got all this going. If this is something you're thinking about or dreaming about in your church, I know Jason would love to connect with you and and share a little bit of, of how they've gotten to where... Because you know what? It's a... Uh, all these things sound really great when you share the stories, but before them have been a lot of hard work and a lot of patience and a lot of sewing and and a lot of a lot of sweat. So uh, it would be great even if you're just starting to think about some of these things for your church or your community. I know Jason would love to connect with you and share and share some inspiring thoughts. I was just going to also suggest they could also go to the elevatesudbury.com website, which is sort of Jason's. Uh, uh, partnership with with Spencer and a number of the other area churches up there. They put on great events. They do uh, acts of service to their community. It's a really great thing. So if you're up in the Sudbury area and you're listening, uh, make sure you connect in with those good folks at Elevate. Absolutely. And as always, thanks so much for listening to the New Leaf Project. You can find us on Facebook. Connect in with us there. We are online on Twitter. Um, If you're listening to us through iTunes, feel free to leave us a review, um, positive or negative. We'd love to hear back from you uh, and and just hear about uh, how you're feeling about what we're up to. And if you have any ideas or any people that you'd love for us to interview, we are always looking for new people to be sharing the stories across Canada of people starting, trying and innovating new things. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the New Leaf Podcast. You can find us on the web at newleafnetwork.ca or head on over to our Facebook page, New Leaf Network. We have events, workshops, and conversations happening all the time. We would love if you could join us as we share the stories of planters and stars all across Canada.